Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our time in the Word today. And we thank you for giving us wisdom and revelation knowledge that we may come to know you better through your word. Thank you for giving us a hearing ear, a seeing eye, and an understanding heart that embraces your word and embraces your truth. And we decree and declare today that we will not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word, so that we can be blessed in our deeds. We give you thanks and praise for all those who have joined us on webinar from various parts of the world. And we pray, Father, for your blessing and the richness of your anointing upon each and every person within the sound of my voice. We thank you for answered prayer. In Jesus' name, Amen. Alright, what I want to talk to you this morning, or this morning for gypsum, and the United States and this afternoon for us who are on the other side I want to talk to you about the value and the importance of the Word of God the value and the importance of God's Word both the written Word as well as the spoken Word of God in the Greek language we have two words for the Word of God one is Logos L-O-G-O-S which is the written word of God, and the other is Rima, which is the spoken or the living word of God. Now God gave us the book, the Bible. This Bible, the written word, was given to us in order to unveil and to reveal the living word of God, which is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the purpose of my message this, this, this afternoon is to give honor and praise to whom honor is due. And secondly, is to somehow inspire you to love and honor the Word of God above all else in your life if that is not what you are already doing, if that is not the case in your life right now. The Word of God says that God and His Word are inseparable. They are one. In the beginning, John says, was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelled among us. That's in the Gospel according to St. John chapter 1. So God and His Word are inseparable. The same love, the same affection, the same devotion, the same honor that we give to the Word of God is equivalent to the honor we give to the Lord Himself. Because Jesus is the living Word of God. Amen? Praise God. Now, God said in His Word back in the Old Covenant that those who honor me, He says... I will honor. And those who despise me, they will be lightly esteemed. God honors those who honor His Word, 
those who place his word first place in their lives, those who not just hear the word, but practice the word of God day in and day out. Those are the blessed people, and those are the people that God will set on high, and by his word he says he will honor them. And man, when God honors someone, he truly honors him. Now, another translation says it this way, but those who despise me will be insignificant and contemptible. So we need to pay attention to what God says because he's very serious about this. The way we honor the word of God, the way we respect the word of God, the way we submit to the word of God is the same way we honor and revere God himself. Now, as I mentioned to you, the title of this message is Realizing the Value of the Word of God. If you look at the word value in the dictionary, it means to regard or highly esteem. When you value something means that you regard or you have high regard or high esteem for what you value. Now, it also means to honor and consider as precious. So when, when I say I value the word of God in my life, it means that I honor and consider that word as precious. It is my treasure. It is what I love. It is what I meditate on. It is what I devote myself to because I consider the word to be valuable and honorable. Are you with me so far? Amen. Now, when we speak about the Word of God, let me say this at the outset of my message. The Word of God is invaluable. In other words, it is beyond calculable or appraised value. In plain language, it is priceless. You cannot put a price on the Word of God because there is no high enough price that you can appraise it. It is priceless. Because the Word of God in Proverbs chapter 3 verse 13 through to 18, we're going to read a couple of verses here in order to establish some of the value of the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 3, and we're going to read from verse 13 through to verse 18. And I'd like you to see this from your own Bible and read it from your own Bible. Underline it if you have to. I like to underline verses that are speaking to me at the moment or when God reveals something to me from His Word. I underline it, I date it. And whenever I go back to that verse of Scripture, it always speaks to me the same revelation that I received and even more. Here we go. Proverbs 3, verse 13 through to 18. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Anybody seeking for happiness? Wisdom. Wisdom will give you happiness. Happy is the man who finds wisdom. And the man who gains understanding. For her proceeds 
are better than the profits of silver, and her gain than fine gold. Scripture says that wisdom and understanding are far better than gold or silver. Hallelujah. That is the wisdom of God. She is more precious, that is wisdom, than rubies. And all the things you may desire cannot compare with wisdom. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. Notice some of the benefits or the, uh, the proceeds that come from the wisdom of God. It says that there is nothing in this world that you may desire that is more precious than the wisdom of God. Even more precious than gold and silver and rubies. Why? Because the word of God, which is the wisdom of God, will give you length of days. Longevity is with the wisdom of God. You want to live a long life? You want to live a happy life? Then all you need to do is receive the wisdom of God, which is the Word of God. Then, not only has wisdom length of days, but in her left hand, the Bible says, there are riches and honor. You want riches? They can only be found, true riches can only be found in the wisdom of God. That is riches that add no sorrow. The Bible says that the blessing of God makes one rich without adding sorrow to it. The world can also give you riches. But the riches the world gives you is filled with sorrow and pain. Amen? But the riches that God gives, they have no sorrow in it. They have no pain. Because it is given from the wisdom of God. All her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. And happy are all who retain her. Now, the scripture here is speaking of the wisdom of God. But Jesus himself, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 11 and verse 49, he called the wisdom of God the Word of God. Turn with me to Luke 11:49 and see it there for yourself. Jesus is speaking here and he says the following, Therefore the wisdom of God also said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute. Jesus called the wisdom of God the Word of God. So when we speak about wisdom, we're speaking about the Word of God. Amen? You with me so far? Alright. In the book of Acts... Chapter 20, verse 32, we read some very profound words that the Apostle Paul gave to the church in Ephesus when he departed from them. Paul did not 
believe that he would see the, the people or the elders of the church in Ephesus again. And in his departing words, he gave them these words. So now, brethren, he says to them, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Notice that Paul commends the church, entrusts the church to God and to the word of his grace. And he says to them, this word of God's grace is able to build you up, that is spiritually, encourage you, comfort you, strengthen you, build you up, and not only will it build you up in your heart, in your spirit, not only it will help you grow and mature, but it will give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. In other words, there is an inheritance laid up for you and I in heaven from God because you are a child of God. That inheritance is made possible through the Word of God. God's Word will bring into your possession, when you believe the Word, when you practice that Word, it will bring you into your divine purpose and destiny and bring you into your promised land. And that could include a whole lot of blessings. Amen? So if you want to walk in the fullness of the blessing of God, then you need to take heed to the Word of God. You need to embrace it, you need to honor it, you need to obey it, you need to practice it, and give it the first place in your life. Not second, not third. First place. Amen? Now, years ago, when I got born again, Someone told me these words. He said, open up your Bible and in the front pages of your Bible, write these words. Sin will keep you away from this book or this book will keep you away from sin. And how true that has been in my own life. You show me a dirty Bible, and I will show you a clean Christian. You show me your Bible, and if it's clean, I will show you a dirty Christian. Hello. Now, everything that I am today, literally everything, and all that I have in the Lord, including all I can do, I owe it to the word of the living God. No one else. Everything, everything I am, everything I have in the Lord, I owe it to the word of God. God's word is precious. God and his word are one. Listen to what prophet Jeremiah said many years ago, and these words of Jeremiah marked his identity 
as well as his testimony in the Lord. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Jeremiah chapter 15 and verse 16. Jeremiah 15 and verse 16. Jeremiah said to the Lord in his prayer, he's communicating with the Lord and he's talking to the Lord, and he says to the Lord, Your words, Lord, were found, and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Jeremiah loved the word. In fact, he said, when I found your word, I ate it. Now, he didn't literally ate the paper. He meditated on that word until that word became part of him, part of his nature, part of his life, part of his way of thinking and his way of doing. He devoured the word of the living God. And then he said, your words was to me joy. You want joy? There's only one place that you find joy. Nowhere else you will find joy. It's only in the word of God. Jesus said, these words I have spoken unto you, that my joy may be in you, and your joy may be full. Fullness of joy is found in the words of Jesus. And, he says, your word was the rejoicing of my heart, because I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Now, these words ought to be the testimony of every believer who loves the Lord. That should be your testimony. That should be my testimony. Your words were found, Lord, and I devoured them. I ate them. I embraced them. I meditate on them. And your word brought great joy and rejoicing to my heart because I am called by your name. Another person who, whose testimony reveals the love that he had for the word of God was David, the psalmist. And in the book of Psalms 119, these are some of the words that the psalmist wrote. Now everything that was written, the Bible says, was written for our edification. It was written for our sake and for our benefit so that we could learn from these men and women of God who have gone before us, shown us the way. They are the fathers of our faith and the scriptures encourage us to imitate those heroes of faith. Now these are the words of the psalmist and he says, Your testimonies, O Lord, are my delight and my counselors. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. Now the psalmist would rather have the word of God than any earthly treasure. He says it is far better than thousands of gold and thousands of silver. In other words, he esteemed the testimonies of God, the word of God, far above any earthly treasure. And we must come to the place as believers where we're so serious about God that we value what God values. Because many times we invest our lives, 
we invest our labor, our money, and our efforts in what is not truly valuable in the eyes of God. In the light of eternity, they don't carry any value or weight because they will disappear and fade away with time. But the Word of God will never pass away. Amen? We will take the Word of God with us. Nothing else in this world. We came naked into the world and naked we will return. So we need to understand where God places value and value the things that God values above all else. If we do that, we will find joy, we will find rejoicing, we will find happiness, and we will find the blessings of the Lord following us wherever we go. One of the reasons that Christians live below the privileges is because they never pay any attention to the Word of God. They don't seek first the kingdom of God or His righteousness. They seek what is comfortable. They seek what is beneficial for them. They seek what is not really valuable. And we need to redirect our efforts. We need to redirect our attention to the things that are truly valuable in the light of eternity. Amen. Remember Jesus? He walks into Martha's house and into Mary's house. And Mary understood that she had an opportunity and she would not let it go. She sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his word. Why? Because she placed value where true value was. Now she said to herself, Jesus is here. He's come to my house. He carries the words of God, the wisdom of God, the power of God. And I don't want to miss this. I don't want to get into the kitchen. I don't want to cook. I don't want to do anything else. I just want to listen to the Lord. But Martha allowed herself to be distracted because she was worried about lunch and about food and about the things that, that really it wasn't the time for her to do that. And Jesus, remember what Jesus said to Martha when Martha uh, lost her place at one moment and she started to tell the Lord what he should do. Lord, don't you care that I am left alone to do all of the work of the house while my sister is sitting at your feet, that lazy sister of mine, instead of getting in the kitchen and helping me? I have mouths to feed. How often do we do that and we say that? You know, we have work, man. I, got, I have responsibilities. I have a family to feed. I have children to take care of and educate and blah, 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 blah. I have to run. I have to run to work. And we on and on we go and we invest more than we should. And we labor and we sweat and we strive. But by doing that, very often we neglect the word of God. And in neglecting the word of God, I'm not saying you shouldn't go to work. The Bible says if a man does not work, he should not eat. There is a place to work, but there is also a place where we devote ourselves to the, to the word of God, to prayer, to fellowship with God, and building and investing into our relationship with the Lord Jesus, from whom come all the blessings. First things first, folks. 
first things first. Seek ye first. After you have sought the word of God, after you have prayed, after you have read and meditated the word and poured out your heart to God, after you have listened to what God has to say, then go about your work, go about your business you will be far more successful as you go filled with the Spirit and filled with the Word than empty with the Word and empty with the Spirit and go and strive and sweat in order to make something happen. Are you out there? You businessmen and you people of work, are you listening to me? Put God's Word first. Then do what is second and third. Hallelujah. Now, Listen to what listen to what the psalmist said. The law of your mouth. What is the law of God's mouth? That's his word. That's his promises. Is better to me than thousands of coins of gold and silver. And then he goes on to say, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Listen to his testimony. He says, I love your law. It is my meditation. That's all I think about. I meditate on your word. I listen to your word. I'm reminded of your word. Your word is speaking to me throughout the day. How sweet are your words to my taste? Now he's speaking here not of natural taste. Like you eating a, a, a banana or a grape or a, a watermelon. He's talking about the sweetness in his spirit that God's word brings to his spirit when he meditates and studies the word of God. He says, your words are sweet to my taste. They're even sweeter than honey to my mouth. Listen to the expressions or the words he uses. Praise God. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, and he ends in uh, what I want to read. He says, My eyes are awake through the night watches, that I may meditate at your word. He says he gets up in the middle of the night and is not watching TV. He's watching the word of God. He's listening to the word. I meditate, he says, on your word. Now this man is prosperous. This man is blessed because he places value where true value is. Amen? Now let me ask you a question. If I were to ask every one of you, uh, it says I have slow connection. Are you hearing me okay? All right. If I were to ask you, every one of you who is part of the house churches, what or who brought you to this spiritual family or to this ministry, I know what your answer would be. Your answer would all be the same. The word of God which is preached and proclaimed through this ministry. Am I correct? If you agree with me, raise your hand. What brought you to this house church? What brought you to me? What brought you to the ministry? It was the uncompromising word of God which you heard me preach. Now, if I were to ask you a second question, what keeps you coming back Sunday after Sunday? Your answer would be the same again. 
the uncompromised word of God which is proclaimed through this ministry. Now, you find that as you sit under the ministry of the word, certain things happen to your spirit. Let me mention a few. You are being strengthened through the word. You're being comforted. You're being encouraged through the word. Your faith is built up. You are edified week after week as you sit under the anointed word of this ministry. It has nothing to do with my personality. It has nothing to do with my charisma. It has nothing to do with who I am. But it has everything to do with the word that I preach and proclaim. If you agree, just raise your hand. And it seems like Somerset West doesn't agree with me. I don't see any hands going up. Somerset West is frozen. We, we, we left them behind. Anyway, I'm going to go on. I am just merely an instrument in God's hand which he uses. He anoints and he uses me to bring you the word of God. Now, let me go in a little deeper. If you want to realize fully the value and the blessing of the Word of God, you need to practice and obey it. Everybody say, obey the Word. Amen. We need to practice it. We need to live by it. By it and give the word the highest and most honorable place in our lives. That's the only way we realize the true value and the blessings that the word of God gives us. James says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. In other words, if we just hear the word, merely hear it, but never put it into practice in our lives, then we don't need the devil to deceive us, we deceive ourselves. Amen. We deceive ourselves by not practicing the word. He goes on to say, if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror, and he observes himself in the mirror, he goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. In other words, what James is saying here, if you're just a hearer of the word, you never put it into practice, you're going to forget what it, what it says. The only word that we retain, the only word we remember, the only word that brings blessing in our lives is the word that we put into practice day in and day out. If we hear it and we don't practice it, we lose it. We forget it. Hello? But then he says, he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. He calls the word of God the law of liberty. In other words, it is law that brings freedom and liberty in our lives. Whoever looks into the law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the word, this man will be blessed in whatever he does. So, 
we look at it, we read it, we hear it, but then it comes a time when we put it into practice in our lives. And that's where the blessing is. We activate the blessing by an act of our obedience and it is released into our lives. Now, let me give you a portrait, a picture of a man who is a doer of the Word of God. Psalm 112 gives us certain characteristics of such a kind of a person. He tells us what this person looks like who values and practices the Word of God. Turn to one, Psalm 112 and listen to the characteristics of a man who is not just a hearer but a doer of the Word of God. And I'm going to read beginning with verse 1 through verse 10. Praise, it begins with praise. It says, Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, and he delights greatly in his commandments, or he delights greatly in the Word of God. That's where his delight is. That is where his pleasure is. That is where his treasure is. That is where his heart is. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So if we treasure and value the Word of God, our hearts will also be there. Now, this is the first blessing. This type of a person who honors and fears the Lord and greatly delights in His commandments, number one, His descendants will be mighty on the earth. That means your children, your children's children, and their children's children will be mighty on the earth. Listen, folks. Listen, parents. For the sake of your children and your children's children, because they depend on your faith, if you will put the Word of God into practice, your descendants will be mighty, you will, your descendants will be blessed on the earth, and the generation of the upright will be blessed. You will be a blessed generation. So it is not just for ourselves. It is for the sake of our children. It is for the sake of our grandchildren and those that will come after us in this life, in this world. So we're not just talking about me, bless me and me only. You are laying a foundation for those that will come after you. Your children, not only natural children, but spiritual children and grandchildren. Those that you will lead to the Lord. Those that you will influence in the Lord. Those that you will invest into for the Lord's sake. They will be blessed if you will obey the word of God. And I've seen that take place in my children's life and now in my grandchildren's life. Thank God I obeyed the word of God from a young age. And I stayed with the word and I'm continuing with the word and I will do so until my dying days when I go home and be with the Lord. I do so not just for my sake and my family but for my children and grandchildren and all those that I will influence and disciple in the Lord. Amen. Now, 
not only your descendants will be mighty, listen to this, wealth and riches will be in his house and his righteousness endures forever. Notice what the word of God says. If you fear the Lord, and if you greatly delight in his commandments, one of the blessings that will come into your life is wealth and riches will be in your house. Poverty will be broken. The yoke of oppression will be broken. And you will have an abundance not just for yourself, but for others to be blessed through your generosity. And your righteousness will endure forever. Let's go on. These are the characteristics of a person who fears the Lord. Don't forget. Who practices the word and greatly delights in God's commandments. Then he goes on to say, Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. And how we need light in these dark days. Everywhere you look is darkness and gross darkness. The Bible says that darkness will cover the earth and gross darkness the people of the earth. But upon you, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory shall be seen in you. When everybody else around there, the unbelievers walk in darkness, the Bible says that upon you there will arise a light. In other words, you will not stumble because you have the light of life. You know where you're going. You know what you're doing. And you know where you're headed. You know where you've come from and you know where you're going. What a blessing, especially in the dark days that we're living right now. Amen. Then the next thing, the Lord, the person who fears the Lord, he is gracious. Graciousness will be the mark of your life, full of compassion, righteous, and a good man deals graciously and lends. Generosity and graciousness, compassion will be your characteristics as a man who fears the Lord and practices his word. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Surely he will never be shaken. The righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Not only you will have light in darkness, but you will guide your affairs. That means your every affair, your every decision will be accompanied with discretion and wisdom. And you will never be shaken, even in a world that is continually being shaken. Oh, what a blessing from God. You know, we're living in the days where God is shaking everything. Everything is being shaken. Everything that can be shaken. But if you're a man who fears the Lord and greatly delights in His commandments, God promises you that you will never be shaken. Surely, he says. Not maybe. Surely. You can bank on the promise of God. You will never be shaken. 
and the righteous will be in everlasting remembrance. Your name will never be forgotten. Your legacy will continue even though you have gone home to be with the Lord. Your legacy and your faith and your influence will continue in those whom you have fathered, discipled, and mentored in the Lord. How many of you want that kind of life? I do. I really do. Praise God. Let's go on. Not only that, he says, he will not be afraid of evil tidings. There are so many evil tidings around us today in a world that is filled with fear, filled with insecurity and uncertainty. But you will be in the midst of all that insecurity and you will never be afraid of what goes on in the world. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established, is fixed. You know, when you fix something, it is, it is steady, no matter how, how, how the winds blow. The Bible says those who build the house on the word of God, in obeying the word of God, they will not fear the storms, they will not fear the rain. It will come, but they will continue to stand. I want to be that kind of a person that no matter what goes on, no matter what wind blows, no matter what evil tidings are in the world, my heart is fixed. It is steadfast, trusting in the Lord, and I will never be afraid. Hallelujah to the Lord Jesus. God wants to make you as strong as an iron pillar. In the face of adversity, in the face of, of, of persecution, in the face of evil tidings, you will stand and you will have joy and you will have the light of God's word on your path. And everybody, that's a true testimony of a Christian. People will look at you and say, what is it about you? How is it that you're so calm? How is it that you have peace in the midst of a storm? How is it that you're not troubled? You're not worried? You're not anxious? Why? Because my heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord, because I fear the Lord, and I delight in His commandments, and I practice the Word of God. Wow. Hallelujah. He goes on to say, He will not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Who are our enemies today? They're not flesh and blood. They're evil spirits and demonic forces. And we will not be afraid until we see the destruction of all demonic influence in us, around us, in our families. That is the promise of the Lord God. Then he goes on. In verse 10, and he says, This man disperses abroad, he gives to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Another characteristic of, of this man's life is generosity. He is generous. He does not withhold what belongs to God. He gives what is God's and he gives to, what, to the poor as well. He makes sure that he leaves a portion for the poor. Hallelujah. 
And not only that, he delights in doing that. It is a joy for him to give, to be generous and to disperse. Because that, that is why God blesses us with resources. One of the reasons God blesses you and I with resources is so that we can disperse and bless those whom God has brought into our lives. He wants us to bless the work, bless the ministry, bless His people, and, and bless the poor. That is the Word of God. And that's the type of a man who he is, a man who greatly delights in the Lord's commandments. Now, let me conclude this message. We're talking about the value of the Word of God. Jesus said something very profound in the book of Mark, chapter 4, and verse 24 and 25. You see, you can receive as much as you want from the Word of God, or you can receive as little as you want. The receiving depends on us and not on God giving. God has already given. He's given the most precious thing He ever had, and that was His Son. Amen. And in his son is the fullness of the blessing of God. He hasn't got anything more to give. So the problem is not with God giving. The problem is with us receiving what God has given. And now, listen to what Jesus said in Mark 4, 24 and 25. And I'm reading from the Amplified. He said, Be careful what you're hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who have ears to hear. Where do you get the blessing? In your ears. For to him who has will more be given. And from him who has nothing, in other words, who has no hearing, no receptivity to the word of God, even what he has will be taken away from him by force. And God is not going to take it away. The devil is going to snatch it away. But notice what Jesus said. He said, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be equivalent to the measure of virtue and knowledge that will come back to you. In other words, if you pay 30% uh, attention to the Word of God, 30% <sighs> blessing will come back to you. Amen? So what you're hearing, you need to take it, and you need to study it, and you need to go over it again and again, you need to take these messages that I'm preaching, go to the website and listen to the word again and again, study it, meditate on it, write it down, quote it. The measure of the thought and the study you give to the truths I'm sharing with you will be the measure of virtue and knowledge and wisdom and blessing and understanding that will come back to you. He who have ears to hear... Let him hear what the Spirit is saying. So what we need to do is to pray for divine hunger for the things of God and for the Word of God. We need to get hungry, folks. 
not for the things of this world, but for the things of the Spirit. What are we hungry for? What are we hungering for? Are we truly hungering for God and His Word? Are we hungering for spiritual things? Or is our desires on earthly things? We need to evaluate our hearts and our lives and our thoughts and say, Lord, help me. Give me hunger for your word. Stir my heart to greater levels of commitment, greater levels of obedience, greater levels of sacrifice. I don't want to play games with you, God. I'm tired of playing games. I only have one life and I want to invest it in your kingdom. I want to invest it in the work of God. I want to fully obey you. I want to go deeper into the things of the Spirit. I don't want to be hot one day and cold the next. I don't want to be here today and gone tomorrow. I'm committed. I'm committed to you. I'm committed to your word. I'm committed to the fellowship you planted me in. I will devote my time myself to the word of God and to the things of God that you called me to. That kind of commitment can only receive a response of blessing from God. Amen. Too many Christians are playing games with God. Too many believers, they're looking for a good time. They will obey God if it pays them. They will obey God if it's comfortable. They will obey God if it's not too much sacrifice. We need to get rid of this mentality that robs us of the fullness of the blessing of the Lord and give our hearts wholeheartedly to God and to the things of the Spirit of God. Amen. I get very enthusiastic and passionate when I speak about these things. Because these are the things that are truly valuable, that will remain with us, that we will take with us to heaven. And I don't want you to go and stand before God one day, by the skin of your teeth you made it into heaven, but there's no reward, because you haven't really given your heart, your devotion to the Word and to the, and to the love of God. Folks, I get, so, uh, I get so disheartened sometimes when I see believers that they're playing games. Games with God, games with the Word of God. When they value things that are not really important, they put far more value and importance to the things that don't really count. They will stay away from church with the with slightest excuse. They will stay away from ministering of the word of God with the slightest excuse. We got to change this kind of thinking. And we got to embrace commitment. And we got to be passionate about God and the things of God. Because God wants passionate believers today. We're living in a day that, that lukewarmness has infiltrated the church. And Jesus is speaking to the church in the book of Revelation. And he says to every single one of us, I would rather have you either to be hot or cold. But if you're going to continue being lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. Jesus said those words. And so we need to get hot for God. Lord, send the fire. 
Send the fire of your spirit deep within our hearts and burn away the dross, burn away the chaff, burn away the worldly thinking, the worldliness in our lives, the pursuit for other things and help us to focus on the things that are truly important. Amen. Now, God instructed Ezekiel back in the Old Testament to eat his word. Eat his word. Literally eat his word. Listen to what he said to Ezekiel. Now, Ezekiel was on the brink of stepping into a great ministry. And God said to him, before you step out into what I've called you to do, listen to me carefully. And he gives him these instructions. In Ezekiel chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Moreover, he said to me, the Lord said to Ezekiel, Son of man, eat what you find. Eat the scroll and go speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth and he caused me to eat that scroll and fill. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your belly and fill your stomach with this scroll that I give you. And so I ate it. And it was in my mouth like honey in sweetness. He literally devoured the book. He studied it. He meditated on it. He devoured the word of God. He literally ate it. And you know that's why sometimes we need to go on a fast. Starve our flesh and feed our spirit. We're feeding our flesh far too much than we ought to. And we're starving our spirits. And we have a complete imbalance in our lives. We are overweight physically. But I wish we could see ourselves in the spirit. We look so skinny and so frail and so sickly. Because we starved our spirits from the luxury of the word of God. You take care of your spirit, your spirit will take care of you when the time comes. The Bible says the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness, will sustain him in adversity. But who can bear a broken spirit? Are you out there, folks? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Feed your spirit, starve your flesh. Amen. Now, look at verse 12 of Ezekiel chapter 3. This is interesting. When I saw this revelation, I jumped, literally jumped in my spirit. Verse 12 of Ezekiel chapter 3 says, Then the Spirit lifted me up, and I heard behind me a great thunderous voice. Blessed is the glory of the Lord from his place. Notice what took place. He ate the word. And what happened? The spirit lifted him up. Where was the spirit? It was in the word. The more of the word we receive, the higher the spirit will lift us up. Up and up 
up and up from the from the problems from the anxieties from the worries from the frustrations from the confusions and from the darkness of this world we will begin to live on a higher spiritual level than we've ever experienced because of the word that we received into our spirits the word is the lifter of your spirit amen so when you're feeling down, you need to double dose on the word. Take your vitamins and the spirit will lift you up like it lifted up Ezekiel. He says, and the spirit lifted me up. You want more of the spirit, you get more of the word into your heart and into your mind. That's the only way you're going to lift yourself up from the worries and the fears and the anxieties and the confusions and the darkness of this world. Hallelujah. We're talking about the value of the Word of God. Can you really place any value on it? Any earthly value? It's invaluable. It is precious. It is far more precious than any earthly treasure in this world. And that is why I wanted to teach this lesson today to help and hopefully to inspire you to come to that place where you will honor the Word of God. You will place it far above all else in your life. And not only that, but you will obey it. Do what it says. Do what it says. And the Word says, love one another as I have loved you. Amen? Forgive one another. Forbear one another. Pray for one another. Glory to God. Let us practice the Word of God, folks. That is where our life, that is where our joy, that is where our happiness is. Nowhere else. You cannot find any joy in this world. And the happiness the world gives is only temporary. Amen? Praise God. Praise the Lord. Well, that's what I wanted to share with you today. And hopefully next week we will continue on the same theme, on the value and the importance of the Word of God in our lives. So I trust you have learned something today. Perhaps you've heard these things before, me taught it before. But folks, it's time to really, really be on fire for God. It's time to get on fire for the Lord. It's time to ask the Holy Spirit to do a work of regeneration in our hearts. Amen. I'm going to close in prayer. Then I'm going to um, receive anything from you that you want to say to me. So let's close in prayer, please. I'm going to ask you to mute yourself still until I'm finished. Heavenly Father, we, we say thank you for your precious word today. We thank you for the things you've shared with us through your spirit, through your servant. We thank you that your word is truth. And we pray, Lord, that you sanctify us through your word. That you separate us from the things of this world. That you elevate us and bring us to a place where our hearts are fully devoted to you. Where we love you and love your word more than anything else in this world. May the words of the psalmist, dear Lord, who said, Lord, whom have I in the heavens but you? And there is none upon the earth that I desire, Lord, but you. 
Father, stir our hearts. Send the fire, Lord. Burn within us all that needs to be burned. And as the psalmist prayed, so we pray today, as we lift up our voice to you, search us, O God, and know our hearts. Try us and know our thoughts. And see, Father, if there be any wicked way in us. And lead us, we pray, in the way everlasting. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.